0: Hello everyone and welcome to A-Ball with Eric Ose. I am Eric Ose and it is good to have you with us on our swan song of the 2019 season with a tear in our eye. We give you the final episode of A-Ball for the 2019 season talking about a playoff running Clinton Lumber Kings as we currently speak to you on August the 27th just before the finale of a four game series with the Wisconsin Tim Bratlers. This week we'll be joined by one of the Lumber Kings outfielders, Davis Bradshaw. He's been in the center of this Lumber Lumber Kings success in the second half, one of the many Lumber Kings that has had a 10-game hitting streak, so a good guy to catch up with, and also a top prospect if you go by Baseball America's preseason rankings, Bradshaw the top 30 and 11th round pick of the 2018 draft, and we certainly appreciate catching up with him before yesterday's game, which was game three of a four-game series, a win for the Lumber Kings against the Wisconsin Tim Brantlers, single-A affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers. So as it stands right now when it comes to the playoff race, which is what the Lumber Kings have really just had their eye on over the last couple of weeks. Their magic number to clinch a wild card down to four, but the division is not out of question. Of course, we were talking to you about the Kane County Cougars series out in Geneva, in the suburbs of Chicago, and the Lumber Kings. As it stands right now, the owner of the tiebreaker with Kane County for the division, they are one game back of them. Again, recording this on August the 27th, with just seven games left to play. So not a whole lot of baseball left, but still, I guess in some regards. A lot of baseball left because a lot has yet to be determined. Now the Lumber Kings are trying to do something that they have not done since 1999 and now in their first season of affiliation with the Miami Marlins. The Lumber Kings have never made the playoffs in the first year of an affiliation with the Major League team since 1999 when they were with the Cincinnati Reds. The Lumber Kings also trying to end a playoff drought that goes back to 2016 when they had lost in the Midwest League Championship Series to the Great Lakes Loons. So very exciting times for the Lumber Kings right now and the recent run of success over the last five games when we had last spoken with you has been some truly dominant pitching performances to highlight because it came against a very strong team that we well know because they're in the playoffs that's the Cedar Rapids Colonels the single a single-A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins they came into Clinton for a three-game series to begin a seven-game homestand it was August 21st through the 23rd and for the first time all season long the Lumber Kings managed Back-to-back shutout wins on the 21st of August and then the 22nd of August. Truly phenomenal pitching top-to-down for the Lumber Kings from the starting staff all the way into the bullpen a, a truly convincing wins against Cedar Rapids that culminated in a serious sweep which against the Cedar Rapids Colonels is something that has not been said too often in Lumber Kings franchise history we've thumbed through the media guide right after that sweep had come to an end on Friday August the 23rd and found out it was the first time the Lumber Kings had swept Cedar Rapids in three games in Clinton since 1999 so there's a lot of you know, history, baseball gods, and the oddities pointing towards the 1999 season. That is kind of odd to think about over this stretch drive for the Lumber Kings, but hey, they'll take the wins a series sweep that then saw a four-game winning streak come to an end with a loss to the Wisconsin Tim Rattlers on Saturday night, but the Lumber Kings right after that, some really impressive wins against Wisconsin. In fact, you can make the argument it was their most impressive on Sunday, which was a Clinton Alote's day here at the ballpark for Copa de la Diversión for the Lumber Kings on their Sunday Home games as a rebrand rebranded the Elotes. Well, it was their most convincing win, 12 to one on the season, tying what they had done to the Great Lakes Loons back in July with a 16 to seven win. This 12 to one win really a thumping that should have ended in a shutout victory for the Lumber Kings, but. Wisconsin able to avoid that dubious distinction with a run in the top of the ninth. A breakout performance from the like of Evan Edwards. We just had him last week on the podcast. So let's talk about the day that Evan Edwards had on Sunday afternoon, the 25th of August here in Clinton. Now, as we mentioned, a top prospect in the Miami Marlins organization. Edwards may be known at first for his defense, but certainly a power bat as well, taken in the fourth round of the 2019 draft by the Marlins out of NC State. Well, Edwards, all he did on Sunday was have a career day. Now it's kind of odd to think about because through the first seven innings, Edwards hadn't done too much. He was 0 for 2. He had worked a walk, so it wasn't a totally lost day. But it wasn't until the seventh until Edwards put really together all of his numbers in that outing. Lumber Kings were leading very comfortably 7 to nothing, thanks in large part to a dominant pitching performance from Jake Walters, which we'll get to in just a second. But Edwards would start the first of his multi-home run game, the first of his professional career, had a two-run homer in the 7th inning, which hit on top of the roof of the Lumber Lounge in right field at Nelson Court Field. Well, then in the 8th, the game really out of reach at that point. Lumber Kings comfortably ahead of Wisconsin. They would break out for a 5-run rally in the last of the 8th. It was capped by a grand slam by Evan Edwards. This one hitting off the facing of the Lumber Lounge and that ribbon board they have in right field. Again at Nelson Court Field, so it was a 6-RBI day for Edwards when it was all said and done. A professional career high. It had matched Peyton Burdick for the most RBIs in a single game by a Lumber King this season. Edwards having two home runs, six RBIs, and that dominant performance. It was the, just the second Grand Slam by a Lumber King this season, joining Will Banfield, who had done so in that aforementioned 16-7 to route of the Great Lakes Loons in Midland, Michigan, and Great Lakes back in July. Well, Edwards Grand Slam, the first to come at home for the Lumber Kings in 2019. It had put the game out of reach, but the Lumber Kings did see Wisconsin attack on a run in the night to avoid the shutout loss. And the Lumber Kings really nearly did the same thing again to Wisconsin the following night on Monday, which is when we had talked with Davis Bradshaw, who will be joining us in just a second. And that was a phenomenal pitching performance from Josh Robertson. Now, Jake Walters, the day before it was seven and two-thirds shutout innings of work. He picked up the win. Walters has been cruising for the Lumber Kings as of late. Really a pitching staff that is beginning to hum along for the Lumber Kings over this stretch drive for the playoffs. Walters has improved his record now. Four and two with a 3.29 earned run average, with what well, you can make the argument to be one of his better starts as a Lumber King. And as we know, for Jake, making his season debut with the Lumber Kings, his entire professional career. And then Josh Robertson, we talked about this every time we had the pitchers on, just that competition, especially here from starters, of a guy goes out there, has a great start, wants to one up him. Well, Josh Robertson didn't one up Jake Walters, but he came very close. Sixth and two thirds shutout innings on Monday night, August the 26th. Robertson. And finally getting some run support, which as we know is a little hard to come by for Josh over a period of time, but now he's seen a decision, kind of oddly for Robertson in his last five assignments. Now some of those are losses, but lately for Josh, he's now picked up a pair of wins. He's 3-4 and four on this season, and that, as we've talked about when we referenced Brian Kenny on MLB Network trying to kill the win, well I'm sure Josh Robertson is one of the converts because his earned run average stands right now at 2.47. It comes with a wipeout slider, a fastball that last night was right around 94 miles per hour consistently into the seventh inning two for josh it did not really look like he had tired now he had walked three batters early on in that start but after that had really settled down the lumber kings would see again a shutout performance go to waste as in the Bottom of the ninth inning, and Monday's or the top of the ninth inning of Monday's win against Wisconsin, they would have two runs. Now it didn't really matter as the Lumber Kings at that point were leading six to nothing, so they held on for the six to two win. And a magic number that is now shrunk to the number four, and over these final seven games, that's what it'll take—a combination of four Lumber Kings wins or four Wisconsin Timber Rattlers losses, or any combination that will add up to four. The Lumber Kings will be in the playoffs for the first time since the 2016 season. So we're touching on Peyton Burdick a little bit as well and before we bring on our guest Jen Davis Bradshaw we wanted to talk touch on him a little bit more because what Burdick has done has been so impressive I mean the two-run two homer which had occurred on Sunday afternoon was just the latest for Peyton Burdick and what has been phenomenal production at the plate. He's been the Lumber Kings three-hole hitter, and really the only blemish has been in being hit on the hand and missing four games on a day-to-day status with some swelling in the left hand, but Burdick came right back. The timing seemed like it was right there. Now We talked with Mike Jacobs about the return of Peyton Burdick, and he did say that he thought he had one bad game since then, but he told Peyton in a sit-down meeting that you're going to lose your timing a little bit after just four games off, and he's right back at it because he hit a homer the next day and now has 55 RBI on this season. It's so Impressive because for Burdick, he's only played 56 games. He leads the team in RBIs. He's only been here since the second half. That is how Burdick's season has gone. Certainly a name for Marlins fans to keep a close tab on. Peyton Burdick was taken by the Miami Marlins in the third round of this year's draft out of Wright State. And ever since he's been a Lumber King, he has been a key part of a playoff push that is all the Lumber Kings have really been talking about. Down in that clubhouse, a loot bunch, but a serious bunch over these final seven games trying to punch their ticket to the postseason and one guy that they'll be leaning on to do so is Davis Bradshaw. 12 game hitting streak for the Lumber Kings from August 6th through the 20th. Had gone got 19 and 50. That's about a 400 average during that time. Becoming one of five Lumber Kings this season that have now had a hitting streak of 10 games or more. And for the Lumber Kings we've talked about the success in the second half. Well this is what makes the most sense because four of those five hitting streaks that have lasted 10 games or longer have come in the second half. Bubba from June 21st through July 2nd, a 10 game hitting streak. Connor Scott. July 7th through July 26th, the 16-game hitting streak. Christopher Torres, the longest hitting streak by a Midwest League player this season. July 8th through August 1st, a 19-game hitting streak. Torres also had a string of 21 games consecutively of reaching base safely. That was snapped on Monday night and a win for the Lumber Kings. Christopher Torres, as we touched on, being the spark plug atop the Lumber Kings run of success in the second half. And Davis Bradshaw, we've seen him toward sort of towards the bottom for the Lumber Kings in the eight or the 7th spot of the order a hitter that is trying to develop some power and also lots and lots of speed which he has used in this lumber king success here at home wrapping up the final multi-series homestand of the 2019 regular season davis bradshaw he'll be joining us next on a ball with eric goes And welcome back on A-Ball with Eric O's. We're now joined by one of the Lumber Kings outfielders, Davis Bradshaw. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us on the podcast side of things.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And the last podcast of the 2019 regular season. Truly a special guest that we have with us. So we appreciate you being part of the Milestone podcast, as we had joked with you on coming (laughs) down here. And we'll just talk right what the Lumber Kings are doing right now, which is a playoff hunt that they are trying to bring to a close to end a playoff drought going back to 2016. What does that mean for you as a player? I mean, they, we hear about these being the dog days of summer. That's got to somewhat help in that uh, avenue, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, you know, it's always fun to play, play in playoffs, obviously. Uh, but with this team, it's just something special. You know, we always go out here and compete and give it our best every day. And uh, we, it's, a, it's a talk around in the clubhouse right now. We're all really excited and hope everything turns out in our favor.
0: I heard Mike Jacobs talk about this at one of our community outings that, you know, you're in single A, so a lot of times you'll hear about development and you know kind of becoming the professional baseball player that the Marlins are trying to develop. But he says that winning is a big part of that development, learning how to win. So a playoff run, it seems like, goes a long way to doing that. Lumber Kings seem like a pretty loose bunch. They always say that's important during these stretch runs. Do you feel like that is sort of bringing the clubhouse a little bit too together when you've got these, I think it's just the final eight games of the regular season to, to make that playoff run?
1: It is. Uh, you know, every time you can play loose, it's always better. Every time you play tense, something always goes wrong. Uh, Jacobs is always correct. You know, we play better as we're loose. Uh, and I think going into the playoffs, you know, we're just like, you know, we can we can do this and we got the talent to do this, and uh, that just helps us. Um, it's just really, really fun to be part of this team, I can tell you that.
0: You say the talent because you're part of a really talented outfield bunch, Lumber Kings. Really, uh, this has been the the catalyst of an offensive turnaround we've seen in the second half. We've got Davis Bradshaw, Peyton Burdick, uh, of course, Thomas Jones, who's been here since opening day, Cameron Meisner, who we had just a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. What kind of competitions are going on between you guys in the outfield? Because, I mean, with that talent, right, it seems like that's got to be something that uh, comes to the front of the mind, just, you know, (laughs) the competitive nature, even with your teammates.
1: Yeah, it's uh a... I can tell you one thing. It's pretty much about speed right now. We, we, <laughs> we joke, we joke around about see who can get the ball and you know all that. And of course, Peyton's hitting really well right now, which is really good for us. Uh, TJ's always coming clutch. Meisner's starting to get it, uh, get hot. Uh, me, I'm I always got the short game in my game. Uh, but yeah, for us, it's always just see who who, who can outdo one another. And I think that helps us be a better ball player as a better person. So it's fun.
0: Well, speed is a great way to start because when we talk about Davis Bradshaw, we usually talk about that speed. It's used not just in stealing bases, but also just in using that speed to get on base, whether it's infield singles. And I think we can kind of see it just in the way the defenses play you of these shifts that are now taking place in minor league baseball. Well, how do you describe, you know, the, the shift that comes in to get you as soon as you come into the plate? I imagine it doesn't really affect what you're trying to do at all, but is it something that, you know, you notice at all? And maybe does it change the approach, you know, in any way as far as, you know, maybe what you're trying to do because I think what we can best describe it is an outfield shift that usually goes to the left side so they're really playing you to push the ball and not pull it so I was wondering how you uh, go about combating that shift which as we know as baseball fans in general is something that takes place just about every pitch now.
1: Well pretty much all the teams know that I'm going to push the ball that's, that's my strong game push singles uh, doubles triples. Uh, and everybody has been pushing me to push side. So I've been, me and Frankie, the the hitting coach have been trying to work on pulling the ball a little bit more and, uh, they've been pushing me on the left side. I try to lay a bunt down on the right side and just try to beat it out and hopefully I can steal two bases and help the team in a better chance to get that run in.
0: We've seen this a lot with the Lumber Kings. That I mean, I've only been here for three seasons with the Lumber Kings. Of course, the previous years had been in the Seattle Mariners organization, but in no instance was there any more safety squeezes than we have seen this season with the Lumber Kings. And that really just comes down to handling the bat, right? You've mentioned, you know, using that bunt and also to speak to the speed. That's also a third base because you have to have someone that's pretty quick that can get in from the plate. Has the safety squeeze always been part of a Davis Bradshaw approach to the plate, or is this something that you know you kind of work on at the professional rank? because the margins may be a little bit thinner.
1: Uh, it, it's definitely been in one of my games, uh, especially with first and third one out. You know, you always want to try to get that cheap one, run at the very beginning because you never know. That could be the deciding factor of the at the end of the game. Uh, so as much as I, I try to do as much as possible. You know, you always want to get those runs.
0: Well, we talked with you on the uh the pregame show, which is when we first had you on, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, and we were kind of picking your brain on the type of player that we see here in Clinton because Davis Bradshaw ranked as a top-30 prospect at the beginning of the season by Baseball America. And we were asking you to describe the scouting report that we had read before all the guys had come out, and they mentioned, you know, pure hitter that uses all fields. Uh, the pop may be coming a little bit later, but lots and lots of speed. And I was wondering how you kind of see that, and I think you had agreed with us on the podcast with the, or the uh, pregame show on – that type of analysis i guess by baseball america but what are some of the things that you may be looking to develop to maybe maybe the power or even one of those tools to kind of refine it a little bit now that you're in a, a full season affiliate here with the lumber kings
1: uh definitely be more power uh, and try to use more pull pull side because like we talked about teams are starting to they got uh stats and stuff on me so they're starting to push knowing i'm going to push so uh yeah that's definitely pulling the ball and power definitely most definitely
0: I thought it was so interesting when we had talked because, you know, you're from Mississippi and we were asking you about, you know, the other sports that you had played. You mentioned, I think it was soccer, right, that you had played growing up. And, you know, soccer is a a sport where you're always on your feet. You're always running around and probably a reason why this broadcaster couldn't do too much soccer for very much (laughs) more of a stationary sport type player. So what do you feel like in those sports? You know, growing up, just athletically, you're playing a lot of different sports to see what you like, how that kind of melds into the baseball player that you've become.
1: Uh it definitely, you no know, stamina. You know, I didn't want to play soccer, and one of my best friends, you know, finally talked me into it, and I ended up loving it. I ended up playing it for four or five years. Uh, It, it brought a lot of friendships in my life. Um, to the baseball world, honestly, I thought it just got me faster. You know, I didn't think it was possible to get me faster, and then luckily it did, so it turned out pretty good. So
0: speed, you can kind of learn a little bit, right? Then, I guess, is something, uh, you know, soccer, no matter what position, unless I guess you're the goalie, <laughs> you're kind of moving around. And you speak to those relationships, right? You develop it in soccer. It never ceases to amaze me in baseball. I think when we were in, uh, uh, in May out in Beloit, we had Will Banfield talking to some guy with the Beloit Snappers because they knew each other out from Atlanta, Georgia, and it kind of reminds you of that small fraternity that is baseball. And I guess really just athletically, you talk about those relationships that you had from soccer that it, I'm sure you're still a part of right now. So what does that mean to you as a, as a baseball player? I guess outside of just, you know, the business of baseball, but the type of people you meet, that small fraternity and those close friendships you build because I mean, you're with these guys. You probably see them more than your family during a season <laughs> over the course of 6 months. It's
1: every day with this schedule. Yeah, you uh you develop a lot of a lot of good friendships. You know, you're playing with some of the best players in the world. That's why they get drafted. That's why they come out here and do what they do best, is play baseball. Uh, you know, we always go to see other teams play and, you know, you always develop relationships, whether you played against them in college or high school. Uh, you always just want to keep it, keep them really close because, you know, you never know what after baseball, you know, they could be doing something, call you out and be like, hey, you know, you want to come do this with me? And baseball brought you brought you two together. And now, heck, y'all are working together. So you always want to keep the relationships really close in the baseball world.
0: Well, it's a friendship, but do you ever have to be on guard? Like, all right, I can't say this because these are state secrets or whatnot with my team. Do you ever have to find yourself uh, kind of governing yourself in those conversations?
1: Uh, You know, not really. You know, we usually we never really talk about uh, stuff we do in the baseball in the baseball world. You know, we always just talk about outside of baseball world because it's always good to get your mind off baseball for a little bit. Um, but no, you never really, you never really talk about what you're going to do, what your game plan. You never really talk about that stuff.
0: That's a, that's a good answer too, because if it was, well, you got to watch out for the curveball. You know, once you get to the head and count. So I imagine that would mean a, a call from a coach at some point. <laughs> we're talking here with Davis Bradshaw, one of the Lumber Kings outfielders, and we were talking about those relationships that you had built, and also, you know, mentioning going into college, which is interesting because out of high school, you were drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. I was wondering if you could tell us about that decision, because that must have been a, a both a very exciting time when you found out that a pro team was interested in you and you had an avenue for a professional career and then the tough decision to go into college which obviously it worked out because you get drafted by the Miami Marlins in the 11th round in 2018 but what went into that decision I mean early on that's kind of scary at such a young age
1: yeah it was uh, it was really scary but it was also exciting um, senior year you know I've had I had pro scouts come you know I, I, I thought I had no chance of pro ball or whatever and then when they drafted me, you know, uh, Scott Nichols from the Brewers called me. You know, like, congratulations, you got drafted. You know, I worked really hard. Told him, thank you so much for you know having support in me. And uh, you know, I sat down with my family. And it was it was a really really tough decision. You know, I, I didn't know if I wanted to go to college because I told myself if I get drafted, I was going to take it no matter what because I didn't know if it was going to happen again, especially with my my situ- uh, situation. Uh, but it took a lot of thinking, lot of a uh, lot of praying. And uh, luckily, I, I chose the right decision, go to college, and Miami Marlins uh, took a chance on me. I hope hopefully it will pay out, so we'll see.
0: Were your parents pretty excited too? I mean, usually parents <laughs> are pretty happy when they find out that their kids are going to stay with school a little bit longer, right? They always want their kids to be well-educated. So was there, was there some excitement, relief, I guess, from your parents at that moment?
1: There was. Mom mom wanted me to stay in school. <laughs> she didn't want her baby to go away. <laughs> uh, dad, that was just happy for me. You know, he, he always told myself that this world's not going to, Uh, come to you you always got to go take it and uh you know me and my dad talk every day me and my mom talk every day and they just say how proud they are of me and you know hope i can continue to be the man i am today yeah, we talked about this, I think, with Thomas Jones. And, you know, even from a broadcast standpoint, too, you
0: know, when you have a 140-game schedule like the Lumber Kings do and hoping that it will be more, too, with a playoff run, you've got to have someone that you can call home, as you mentioned, to kind of get away from it, just like I'm sure you're not talking to your friends about the state secrets on the, uh, the Clinton Lumber Kings, probably not doing the same thing with Mom and Dad. You want to talk about other things, too. How important is that mentally in the grind of baseball to just have, a you know, an hour-long phone call where you can just not even talk about baseball and really, your job, essentially, you know, because it's it's every day. You get you wake up, you go to the ballpark. Game ends around you know ten. You shower. You're home by eleven, and you wake up and you do it all over again. So, how important are those phone calls when you go through a grind like I mean, the Lumber Kings are currently on a 21 straight game of baseball without a day
1: off. Ooh, it's a uh, it's it's very important because you always you always want to get your mind off baseball at some point in the day, some point in time. Uh, you know, when you constantly think about baseball, you know, some some people end up hating it and end up you know just. Wishing they wouldn't be here. Uh, so, yeah, every time I take a phone call with my dad and my mom, you know, it's always important. You know, we never talk about baseball. Maybe after the game, he'll be like, you know, how'd you do? You know, I didn't listen today. I was trying to give you good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we talk about it for probably 10 minutes, and then it's completely out of the conversation. Um, I just think it's very important for people to get their mind off baseball for a little bit, especially 140 games. You know, not everybody should go 110% until you're actually on the baseball field. So.
0: Yeah, it seems like you know you couldn't really talk about one subject in particular all day long. No so matter what it is, whether it's baseball or anything else, you know, to focus on one thing would drive you insane. Especially with the schedule demands that you have with a full season affiliate like the Clinton Lumber Kings. So you you decide to go to college. You then get drafted by the Miami Marlins. Some relief, I'm t- sure, too. You get high, a high pick in the 11th round of the 2018 draft. What was the uh, mom and dad reaction like then when you they found out that okay, he's for sure going pro. He he had done the college route a little bit as well, and now he still gets to chase this dream. <laughs> well mom
1: you know mom. Mom still wanted me to go to college. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> nothing, only, <laughs> nothing had changed. <laughs> I was only all the way from home. She she didn't want me to go nowhere. Uh Dad was just still excited. You know, Dad always just he just told me, you know, do what you want to do. And you know, I I still thought about it. I I even thought about going to college for one more year and you know, I finally told myself, you know, this is my this is my chance, you know, I'm i I'm gonna prove everybody wrong that told me I couldn't do it. And uh, you know that still goes in my head. I still got it on the phone today uh, on my on my home screen. Prove everybody wrong. So it was pretty exciting for them and me. So.
0: And what was the reaction like when the Marlins welcomed you into that to the family, right? Because you're one of the very few baseball players that has a professional contract, and let alone an affiliated contract, it comes right out of college. What is the Marlins culture like in in bringing in that draft class? I guess from the 2018 season.
1: It's pretty much just like a family. You know, we all we all still talk. You know, Connor Scott, who started the season off really well, me and him still talk every day. Uh, you know, it's just pretty much just building friendships and building family. You know, in this, in this uh, affiliate, obviously you want to win. Everybody wants to win. Uh, but it's also just uh, pretty much just getting the relationships out of baseball, you know, because after the baseball world, you don't know what you're going to do. And these friendships, like I said, could turn around the event. You know, they can call you and be like, hey, you want to come work for me? Or, hey, uh, vice versa. So, you know, it's always just important. You know, it's a family here.
0: Well, we wouldn't have you uh, with the Lumber Kings at the beginning of the, the season. So I was wondering if you could tell us what the 2019 year has been like. I'm sure a roller coaster because, you know, you came after opening day and now all of a sudden you look around and you're in a playoff run, too. So wondering if you could put into words what the 2019 season has been like for Davis Bradshaw.
1: Well, it started rough. You know, I got hurt in spring training with my hamstring and, uh... You know, I finally got told, you know, you're going to be with the Lumber Kings, and then I hurt my hamstring. You know, it was it was a real downer, you know, knowing I couldn't be here with my family. And, uh, you know, I was trying to trying really hard to get back and, you know, get back into it so I can come here and play with them and be with them. And uh, after, you know, after I got done, got healthy or whatever, they called me and they are like, you know, you're going to go to the Lumber Kings. And I got really excited. Everybody started calling, texting me, you know, I can't wait to see you. Uh, and then now, you know, a lot has changed. You got the new draft guys, and you got new new relationships. And then next thing you know, you start talking about a player off run. Well, hopefully for us, hopefully everything just keeps going right, and uh, we just keep making this run.
0: Does it feel a little bit different, too, because you're a 2018 draft class where I guess you're the new guy, right? And then you get this new class in in 2019, and you're like, oh, well, now I'm the grizzled <laughs> veteran, I guess, as opposed to having one more year under my belt than these guys. Is there any kind of dynamic shift in that regard?
1: Uh, not really. You, you know what's going to happen every year. The draft's going to happen every year. You're going to get new players. You're going to get new guys. Uh, the, the most important part is just to know who you are, why they drafted you, and do your game.
0: Well, you get assigned here to the Clinton Lumber Kings, and as we mentioned, kind of a, a cool place to be because the Lumber Kings are in this playoff run in the second half in the Midwest League's Western Division, currently occupying that wild card standing in these important games against the Wisconsin Bratlers. Hard to believe, I'm sure, when I tell you this, that there's only eight games left on the regular season <laughs> as we record this on August the 26th. You know, is there any goals that you had coming into 2019 season that maybe had to readjust after those injuries, and that where do you feel like they're kind of shaping up as we get to the last week of the regular season
1: uh they're kind of shaping up you know my goal my goal always even for last year was always just to get on base still bases and help my team win as much as it can I play in the outfield do the best I can get my best reads get my best routes and just help our pitcher out uh I always just really just want to get on base you know I, average yeah everybody looks at average but I always look on on base percentage if I'm not getting on base I don't think I'm helping my team at all
0: Yeah, I heard Mike Jacobs talk about that because we had him on the podcast for episode number one, and now we've got Davis Bradshaw for our last episode, too. So it's coming full circle. He was mentioning, you know, in in just averages, it wasn't something that he looked at too much. So does that something that you notice from a coaching standpoint that, you know, you guys kind of think the same way and the way the game can be played that, you know, average is this kind of ancient stat that used to measure something that the numbers are telling you isn't necessarily there that on base percentage is actually a better barometer for this because it actually measures how often. Often a guy gets on base, and that's got to be some kind of uh, help, right, or at least some comfort in knowing that your manager, yeah, totally agree with you, Davis. So yeah, get on <laughs> base that way, and that's what I'm looking at. Does that give you a little bit of comfort at all? Because I'm sure it comes from the top down, too, in the Marlins organization.
1: It, it gives you a release off your shoulders. You know, you look up, I am think I'm hitting, like, 240 on a year or whatever it is. I, don't, I try not to look at stats as much as possible. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's a comfort level. And just know you, you ain't got to worry about average anymore. You always got to worry about getting on base, helping your team win. The more you the more you don't put average in this, the better you're going to play.
0: And how is it, just going back to uh, the way your season had started in 2019, you mentioned the hamstring injury. From what I've heard that, you know, hamstring, there's not a whole lot you can do with it. It's just a lot of, re, or you know, taking your time and letting it heal. It's got to be so frustrating as a, an athlete because you, you want to go. You want to go out there. You want to play. And then they're told that, no, you need to sit down and do nothing. And you feel like you're not doing anything. You're just kind of letting your body work.
1: I mean, that, what is that frustration level like for you, you know, when the season begins? Man, it frustrated me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> my my trainers always told me, because I, w- I was always ready to go, you know, my hamstrings still be tight, and I'd be like, all right, I'm ready. I'm still ready to go. And they were like, no, you just got to sit down. You got to wait for it, man. It, it frustrated me a lot, especially for someone who hasn't, you know, can't really sit down, can't stop moving. I mean, heck, I'm still moving my leg and just sitting there <laughs> talking to you. Burn uh, calories. <laughs> yeah, it it was really frustrating, just knowing that I couldn't really do nothing and couldn't really go out there with the guys, full around, um you know it's just it's, it's a feeling that I don't want any ball player in the world to feel that feeling just it's, it's a horrible feeling
0: but it also has to put some things in perspective a little bit too right that you do get healthy you get a sign there and you I mean you have to put in the work also to get the uh, the hamstring right and ready to go especially for a guy who makes his living off his legs and his speed like that so does that ever give you a, a little bit of perspective i guess on the the health that you are given uh, when you are healthy um I guess like you are now at the uh, stretch run in 2019.
1: Yeah, uh when when they told me uh that I was coming here and you know that you're fully healthy, you know, it's just like a real energizing, you know, ready to play, ready to be with the guys. Uh just all I all I can really say is just stay as healthy as much as possible in spring training, take care of yourself. Uh just always take care of yourself, honestly. that's That'd be my final answer on that. Well, we'll
0: let you go with this because, as we said, we didn't have you on uh, the roster for opening day, so we had our guys fill out a bunch of questionnaires so I could have something to talk about during my three-hour tap dance, as our old groundskeeper <laughs> used to call it. So what are some of the hobbies that you have when you do get to uh, indulge? We usually ask this of our uh, the guys on the final question of our podcast side of things. When you get a chance to get away from baseball, is there anything that you like to do, any hobbies that you maybe are able to participate in? Probably the offseason, season more so than the regular season, just considering that, you know, you only have six of those I think, during the regular <laughs> season usually you're marked for sleep. But uh, what are some of the things you like to do away from baseball?
1: Oh, uh, well, away from baseball, I'm, de- I'm a big hunter. Love to hunt. You know, I've always, in the season last year, that's pretty much all I did was hunt, hunt, hunt. Uh, Pretty much it's hunt and then just stay with friends. You know, I always go back to my hometown friends and, you know, just see them. You know, because I, I hate to lose relationships over stuff like this. You know, I have buddies come visit me, family come visit me. But uh, other than that, it's pretty much just hunting. Stay with my friends.
0: We gotta get you guys. Got to get a group together. There are a lot of hunters on this team. We were talking about that with Tyler Kolick and Remy Reed and Connor Scott too before as well. So, has there ever been any talk of a Lumber Kings hunting party going out at some point? Uh, you know, or just a a Marlin's prospect hunting party going out during the off season? We we've definitely talked
1: about it. Okay, <laughs> we have definitely <laughs> talked about it. <laughs>
0: we got to make it happen then because oh there's man. too many people. Maybe it'd have to be broken up into different groups considering how large of a group that it seems like it is. Well, Davis Bradshaw, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us here on the podcast side
1: of things. I appreciate you having me.
0: And welcome back to A-Ball with Eric Osh. You just heard from one of the Lumber Kings' talented outfield core and Davis Bradshaw. We appreciate him taking some time to talk with us before game three of a four-game series with the Wisconsin Tim Bratlers back on August the 26th. Which, spoiler alert, unless you have it recorded, it was a win for the Lumber Kings. Bradshaw, the 11th round pick by the Miami Marlins in the 2018 draft, a Mississippi native. And the Lumber Kings, during this stretch drive, will talk about what they have left on their regular season and also the competition because things are so tight. Lots of things are in play. The Lumber Kings, sitting seven games left in the regular season, have three scenarios. They could win the wild card, which is where they stand right now, a four-game lead against the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, or they could win the division. Kent County Cougars have a one-game lead at the time of this recording on August the 27th. And, of course, there's still a possibility the Lumber Kings miss the playoffs. Now, we'll knock on wood that that is not the case for the Lumber Kings in 2019. So, going over the schedule that the Lumber Kings have remaining, you would think it would be rather favorable. We record this on August the 27th, which is before the final meeting between the Lumber Kings and Wisconsin Tim Rattlers in the 2019 season. From there, the Lumber Kings will head on the road for a three-game series against the Ber- B, single A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels, August the 28th through the 30th of August. Then they will come home. The final series of the regular season against the Peoria Chiefs, a team the Lumber Kings have won 11 straight games against. They're the single-A affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. It is their longest winning streak against the Chiefs in franchise history. In fact, for the Lumber Kings, it's their longest winning streak against any opponent in franchise history. 11 straight games. I mean, it goes all the way back to the very beginning of June, and the Lumber Kings will try to extend it and maybe even, judging by the three-game series sweep they had in Peoria, August 10th through the 12th, they could add to it and make it 14. Who knows where the Lumber Kings could potentially clinch a playoff berth. That series will come to an end on September the 2nd. So the Lumber Kings have a very favorable schedule left because both of those teams remaining, once they get past Wisconsin... Under 500 in the second half. Not the case for Kane County or Wisconsin. In fact, the Lumber Kings will, I imagine, relish the sight when they're in Burlington and see the out of town scoreboard with the Kane County Cougars and Wisconsin Timber Rattlers locking horns for a three game series in Wisconsin. So they'll be beating up on each other. Lumber Kings may be hoping for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers to beat Kane County just to give them a little bit of help as the Cougars will wind down their series with the Quad Cities River Bandits. Wisconsin will then end their season and on the road with a three-game series at Modern Woodman Park against the Quad Cities River Bandits, a team over 500 by five games in the second half and the first half Western Division winners. Now, where the King County Cougars will end will be at home against the Burlington Bees, but certainly a much tougher schedule than what the Lumber Kings have left, and we'll see if that is how it will play out over the final week of baseball in the Midwest League, and then it'll be a day off on September the 3rd before the Midwest League playoffs begin on September 4th and potentially run through the 16th that is how it will go for the Lumber Kings in the 2019 season we will hope for the best in playoff baseball the Lumber Kings when they had last made it to the playoffs as a affiliate of the Seattle Mariners making it all the way to the Midwest League Championship Series in 2016 but they fell to the Great Lakes Loons and as I believe we've mentioned more than a few times on this podcast and for the Lumber Kings faithful I'm sure they may want to mute this part Lumber Kings have the longest Midwest League championship drought active goes back to 1991 that was the last time the lumber kings had won the midwest league championship series and really since then it has been hard times for the lumber kings they have been to the midwest league championship series since that 1991 title run against the madison muskies who aren't even in the league anymore as an affiliate of the san francisco giants and they've only been back three times since then 2010, 2016, and 1993, so it has been some hard times for the Lumber Kings that they will look to see come to an end, and who knows, maybe it could be a division winner for the Lumber Kings to do so. Now, if that were to be the case, the way it works in the Midwest League playoff rounds, an expanded round, if you were to compare it to a league like the South Atlantic League, which is where the Marlins single-A affiliate had last played as the Greensboro Grasshoppers, so the Lumber Kings would match up, if they were to win the division, as the higher-seeded team the King County Cougars if they were to fall into the second spot. The Lumber Kings would then be allowed to choose if they'd like to start at home or on the road. It would be a best of three game series. It, most teams would like to start on the road and then potentially have two games at home. That would be the case. The second round would feature the winner of the first round and that is just the first half playoff teams which are the Quad Cities River Bandits and Cedar Rapids Colonels also in a best of three game series. And then the Series will expand a little bit for the Midwest League Championship Series, which will be a best-of-five-game set. So long playoffs in the Midwest League, just something to keep in mind because we won't be able to take you through it. This is our final episode of A-Ball with Eric Ose, so we really do appreciate everyone throughout this season for listening, and hopefully we were somewhat helpful for the prospects and the rebuild for the Miami Marlins in 2019, which will, of course, continue as the Lumber Kings begin this affiliation run with the Marlins, a team that is up and coming, And we hope we have made that point abundantly clear with the talent that has come through clinton this season it's been a lot of fun we want to thank all of our guests and it would take too long to name them all of course all of our listeners that would take even longer to name them all and everyone for the support for making this podcast possible before we go though we'll always shamelessly plug our broadcast because there's still baseball out there and of course you can listen to all the lumber kings remaining action and playoff action in 2019 with yours truly ericos on the call for those of you in the broadcast range, 100.3 FM at WCCI. And for those of you outside the broadcast range, you can always listen online at LumberKings.com via the TuneIn Radio app. Big thanks to our guests, Davis Bradshaw, all the guests throughout this season, and all the listeners out there. Thanks so much, everyone, for making A-Ball possible. And we will hope to, somewhere, someplace, talk to you again soon.